With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Awesome MLB Strategy Show. I'm Dave Locker, and with me, Jake Hari. Jake, this is the first MLB show I believe we've done together all year. Yeah, we did the uh, we did the like uh, prior to the prep show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The prep shows. Yeah, um, but that's about it. So this is pretty exciting. How's your season been going so far? Not bad, man. Not bad. A lot of betting too. I never really got super heavy into into baseball betting, but now that it's just so accessible everywhere, it's been a whole lot more fun to do that as well. It gets frustrating though because errors can change the the course of everything. And of course, the Phillies are just a trash team, which doesn't make things nearly as good. But at the same time, all in all, we're in the we're we're in the black. How about you? As good as Alex Baker? Uh, not not quite that good. It's been okay. Uh, different on different sites. I think I've kind of struggled on DraftKings and then FanDuel have been okay. And then uh, some of the smaller sites have been pretty good on. So uh, overall, a little bit uneven, but I've been playing a lot of NHL. I haven't been focused as much on baseball, but uh, there's no NHL today. So I'm all in playing some MLB today. I've been loving this hockey restart. Don't worry, everybody. Welcome. Happy to have you with us. We're going to get into that in just a second, but uh, as a four for four Philly guy, I've got to say, with all my teams sucking and, and Simmons and Embiid being down uh, with injuries, looking like one won't return at all, it has been a pure pleasure to see the Flyers capture that one seed, knock off the Bruins, the Caps, and the, and the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning in three consecutive games. They look good, man. Yeah, they're scary. Uh, like they were red hot. Um, going into the break, like the long layoff, the four and a half month layoff. And then they just apparently just never uh, kind of douse those flames. Like they're just crushing everyone. Um, really three really good teams. They just ran through. So they're pretty scary. All right. You want to uh, jump into this? We've got nine games to hit on. Let's do it. FanDuel, DraftKings, Draft, well, FanDuel and DraftKings all with the same start time, 7 p.m. or 7, 10 p.m. Eastern time. We kick it off with the White Sox and with the Detroit Tigers. So we've got a starter and long reliever situation here. Michael Fulmer looking like he's going to be the opener. Uh, and then your probable long guy. I still preferred when DraftKings didn't have this, when they didn't show you, because felt like it gave you a little bit of an edge. 
Uh, Daniel Norris here looking like he'll get the, the ball to go, you know, hopefully a few innings into this game. He's pitched an inning and two-thirds. That's all he's pitched this year. Coughed up two runs, didn't get a single strikeout. So in his one performance, the, you know, the, the, the lefty has struggled a bit. But I guess we can start with Dallas Keuchel uh, in his inaugural season with the Chicago White Sox. He had a fantastic start against Milwaukee. And I specifically remember saying, well, I don't want to pick on my, uh, Dallas Keuchel, but I don't really have much interest in rostering this guy because he very rarely gets the strikeout numbers you need. Well, I ate my words on that. Seven innings, one run, eight strikeouts for Keuchel against the Milwaukee Brewers, nonetheless. What do you see for him against the Detroit team today that is striking out at a monumental clip to start the season? To be fair, it is very early in the year, but they're striking out uh, at a well, a 30% clip overall, less against left-handers, but still a team that's going to swing and miss a lot. Yeah, I think uh, like against lefties, they're pretty much middle of the pack. It's only 120 plate appearances, yeah. but just under 23%. Um, and then like we've talked about Keuchel uh, basically since we've done shows together, like he just doesn't get the strikeout numbers. He has the games where he'll get seven, eight strikeouts and he had one last game. It was a phenomenal start. He was missing um, bat. Like it wasn't like he was just getting called third strikes and uh, stuff like that. He had a 15 and a half swing strike percentage. Um, so he can do that every once in a while, but he's got a 16% K rate against righties um, going back to the start of last season. And he's going to get nine of them here. Uh, so 7,800, I still think his upside is capped. Um, maybe he'll make me eat my words like he did to you uh, last start, but uh, I'm not very interested in Keuchel. And on the other side, like the bats too, um, not not really interested in those guys because Keuchel is still a decent real-life pitcher. Yeah, and then on the other side, there's really not much you can do here with Fulmer yeah. and, and Norris. Uh, not having any real inkling of how far Norris is going to go. And even if he did, this is a White Sox offense that that, that, that has a pretty immense amount of power. Like they're, they're a pretty scary team. They're going to, they're going to have days where they, they go out there and they strike out a ton, but at the same time, there is a lot of power in this lineup from top to bottom, from both sides of the plate. Do you want to talk about the? I'm assuming you don't want to talk about the the Tigers pitching. So let's let's unless you do. Uh, but assuming you don't, what what are you, where are you at on the White Sox bats today? Yeah, I just this is going to be a fun team to stack uh, this shortened season because, like you mentioned, so much power, a um, lot of strikeouts. Like I think they're always going to be a team if you've got a good strikeout pitcher going up against them or someone that gives up a ton of homers or something. Um, they're kind of always going to be relevant on the slate and you're getting good prices on, especially Moncada. If he leads off of 4,500, uh, Eloy Jimenez, if he's going to get, uh, some at bats against Daniel Norris, the lefty, uh, at 4,200 batting second. And then Luis Robert, 4,500. I like him a lot, uh, batting sixth. He always pops up well for, uh, on Alex's projection. So he's a guy I've played a lot of and had some success playing. So. I like the White Sox stack here. I'm a little bit surprised that their run total is under five. I wonder if that gets up um, later in the day. I was also surprised by that. They they do have right now in our top stacks tool, one of the highest projected uh, aggregate ownerships, 10.8%. But they also have one of the higher top stack probabilities. So 
it's not a big disparity there. I, I think it's a pretty interesting team to look at. The only the only thing is if you're if you're if you're someone that, that when you stack you're looking for the the platoon advantage. The only concern, Jake, is we don't know if Norris is going to go three innings. We, you know, if, if Fulmer comes in and pitches maybe an inning and, and, and a couple uh, plate appearances in the second, and then Norris comes in, gets, you know, once through the rotation or through the lineup, and, and then you've got another righty. It, it's just tough to know that uh, if, you, if there's a lefty you really like, how many times through the rotation or through the lineup is he going to be seeing a, a, another lefty? And I, I think that's the only concern. Uh, with with the Chicago White Sox, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, it's always tough to uh, tough to know how deep these guys are actually going to go, and they can always get blown up and and you know go seven hitters or something when they're supposed to go three or four innings. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't really get behind Norris. Obviously, can't get behind Fulmer if he's the uh, the opener here. Um, but I don't think either of them are very scary. Um, so certainly not getting me off the White Sox stack here. <laughs> Uh, I did notice though, Detroit's getting a lot of ownership on DraftKings, their bats. What do you, what do you think about that? Like, uh, they've got a high chance of being top value, but right now the most over-owned stack, uh, on DraftKings for today. Yeah, I saw that as well. And I've said this a lot, not to be generic, but Dallas Keuchel is just a pitcher. I, I usually do not, uh, roster and someone I, I prefer not to play guys against. He, he does a very good job of limiting home runs. I know last year uh, he, he coughed up a little bit more, but he settled down later in the season and, and started looking like the same guy he's been over the years. He's not going to get a lot of swings and misses. Swinging strike rate uh, over the past couple seasons has been sitting around you know, uh, 8%. This year it's at 9.9%, which is better, but it's still very early and too soon to tell. When you look at the contact numbers, though, he's just number one, He's not somebody that's going to give up uh, an immense amount of hard contact, but more than anything, he gets so many ground balls. So uh, last year at a 60% ground ball rate, uh, this year, 57% ground ball rate. You're not going to put the ball in the air very often against Dallas Keuchel. So while you will make contact, he's just not somebody that, that gives up a ton of hard hit power in the air. Uh, and I, I think to me, that's a reason to to stay away from them, especially Jake, if they're going to be this popular, uh, this is strictly because they are very cheap and I can't help but wonder who are we, who are we dying to pay up for at pitcher that makes it so we have to get to these tiger bats against a good Southpaw and Keiko. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out that same thing, or maybe we just anticipate them being um, kind of filler stacks or like four fours with Coors bats. Um, like there's some really expensive course bats, a uh, couple guys over six K and Arenado and, and story. Um, so maybe that's the reason why they're getting popular, but yeah, I'm scrolling through these pictures and there's not even someone very expensive. Like that's Portland, what I mean. No. And four, but I don't, he's not like in that great of a spot. I don't think he's barely a favorite. I know. Um, so yeah, that, that's a little bit puzzling. I wonder if they'll, they'll come down maybe a little bit, or if, like I said, just everyone's jamming in the expensive bats, mid-tier pitching, and you kind of need two or three uh, guys to fill out the rest of your lineup, and they project as decent values. It's possible. They're very cheap. Uh, CJ Cron, I think, is a good option. Bat presumably batting cleanup. Uh, he absolutely crushes left-handed pitching, and 
like I said, Keigel's Keigel's not really the guy that that's going to make life easy on on anyone. But if I'm going to go anywhere here, I think uh, batting and out of the fourth hole makes some sense here. He's just always had such incredible success against southpaw pitching. Uh, the whole team is very cheap. There's no denying that. But you know, 4.2 implied total. Keigel does not give up a lot of power. Uh, maybe you're right that it's just picking and choosing pieces here as fillers and stacks. Uh, and they're probably going to pop up a bunch and, and crunch. Like if, in optimal lineups, I'm, I'm assuming maybe you get one or two Tigers just because they're so cheap. But that, that's about all I can get to. And I, I, don't, I don't really see the value in full out going heavy on Tiger stacks. But I guess we'll see. Uh, ultimately, if, if this was a site with a lot of expensive pitching, I think we'd be having an entirely different conversation. But we're not. So let's let's talk about Washington and the New York Mets because that's the next game on the schedule. Corbin is the highest priced pitcher on DraftKings by a mile at 10-4 and also on FanDuel at 10-8. Way more expensive than Kyle Gibson, who is the next highest priced guy. Corbin's 10-4 and like I said, 10-7 or 10-8 against the Mets. And you just kind of alluded to it there. He's a very good pitcher, right? Uh, his numbers this season have been impressive. It's very early on, but uh, he is striking batters out uh, at a 34% clip. He's faced 47 total batters, has a 12% swinging strike rate, called plus swinging strike rates at 31%. So there are some good numbers there, no question. He's solid. His XFIP is through the floor as well, very early. Uh, but the Mets, Mets aren't exactly, they don't exactly make for a pristine matchup here. And uh, you said it. It's one minus one sixteen on the money line for the Washington Nationals. It should be a very close game, and you're paying a premium for Patrick Corbin, who's going to get a lot of strikeouts. You would think, uh, but he's also going to face his fair amount of of quality right-handers in this lineup. Yeah, that's the concern. Is just the the quality of righties, um, like Pete Alonso, forty six hundred. Uh, Wilson Ramos, one of the better hitting catchers, especially against left-handed pitching for. A number of years and then like I know Dozier is not great anymore or even very good but probably not a guy that is a great strikeout target um batting in the bottom lineup there's going to be some chances for Corbin to get strikeouts especially if um Conforto and Dominic Smith are in like he's striking out 40 percent of lefties going back to the start of last season um so he's awesome it doesn't look like he's over owned which I'm a, a little bit surprised about especially with kind of the, the Tigers ownership that we alluded to and some of these other cheap teams. Um, so, I, I mean, I think he's fine, but he's not someone I'm just jamming into my lineup. There's no one in his price range either. Um, so you can't really pivot off of the, the 30% ownership on Corbin. Um, so I, I just think he's fine. If I can get up to him, that's great. He's proud. He's the, the number one raw point option, I think. Um, but it's not like, He's a guy that I have to have in even like 50% of my lineups. Right now you got him coming in the third highest ownership on DraftKings, not just of pitchers, but of anybody. Uh, And then on FanDuel, Corbin is much lower down, uh, actually a lot lower down, still one of the top three or four owned pitchers. And then on our sponsor, Yahoo!, Corbin is coming in at at the second highest price, $51 on Corbin. Is, is quite a bit of money, I must say. Like, if, if you're and, – and you kind of just mentioned it as well. If you're paying for Corbin, you have to really like him here. I, I don't 
I get paying up for pitching, and and oftentimes it makes sense when you've got a very solid option. But I think it also depends on whether or not his ownership is going to be sky high. If it is, and he's competing against several other pitchers for the highest ownership on the slate, then I'm going to have less interest in him and look to go elsewhere, especially on the night where you have a bunch of teams with implied totals well above five. Um, and as you as you heard me say, $51 on Yahoo, sponsor of the MLB Strategy Show. Uh, it is a site that has done a very good job getting that DFS product out there, getting great contests. Can't wait for football season to roll yeah. around. Uh, get a ton of action over there during the NFL season. But they also, if, if you haven't played on Yahoo in a while, they have the CSV uploads now. That was a huge thing that they added not too long ago. Um, you know, MME contest. And if you're trying to play multiple lineups, that has made the biggest difference. You know, having Before having to hand make them, you know, even 50 or 20 was a pain in the ass for sure. But the CSV upload now makes life way easier. CSV edit features as well if you're playing a ton of lineups. And you get up to $30 in Yahoo Sports Rewards points. You remember it, baby, them YSRPs uh, by signing up and using the promo code AWESOMO. So if you haven't done so yet, if you haven't checked out uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports yet, do so. Get up to $30 free in Yahoo Sports Rewards points, YSRPs. It's as good as cash to be used on the site to play and win real money, right? Just because it's called Yahoo Sports Rewards points, YSRPs, doesn't mean that it doesn't put you in business to enter real contests to win real money on the site. Just use that promo code AWESOMO when you sign up. A-W-E-S-E-M-O, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the sponsor of the MLB Strategy Show. Got to get them YSRPs, Jake, you know? Well, they're That's on right. The they're, they're even running some uh, no management fee contests for today. Um, so it looks like the MLB one is at... Uh, it's a little bit later lock, but it's about half filled. The NBA one is almost filled up for the $3 price point. They have a 25 cent for NBA as well. So not only are you playing against a little bit weaker competition, I mean, I think you should always play smaller sites and it's something I've been doing more and more of um, in various sports. And so, yeah, can't wait for football with the bigger prizes, but it's still a great place to build your bankroll. If you can get a little bit of overlay, plus the no management fee contest. Like there's a lot of things to take advantage on. Absolutely. Um, and I know I'm probably not supposed to say this, but for those of you that are, that are new to a site like that, no management fee equals break. So they call it management fee over at Yahoo, but essentially they're taking nothing from some of these contests, which means uh, everything that's paid in by the players gets paid out back to the players. So it's a win-win situation for sure where other sites are collecting Pretty, pretty heavy management fee contests or management fees on every single contest. What about Steven Matz? Uh, he's another guy that I think you would agree, Jake, has been, has, has shown many glimpses of, you know, big success, but has really struggled with right-handed power. Um, it, heavy right-handed lineups have given him a lot of trouble over the years. Uh, and, you know, as a lefty, you need to be able to set down opposite-handed batters uh, at a pretty high clip. I, I look at the projected lineup for the Washington Nationals, and no, it's not nearly as formidable as it was last year or the year before. That's understood. But you're still looking at probably seven righties in this lineup today. Yeah, I think the thing with Mats is that 
he he's an okay pitcher. He gets a ton of respect from Vegas. Like I'm always surprised the low. It is interesting, isn't it? Oh, never never get shit on by Vegas. It's it's weird. Um, so it makes me think he's kind of better than what he is, and then worse when he gets blown up. Uh, so he's just kind of a okay pitcher. Twenty two and a half percent K rate against righties. Um, he does give up a lot of hard contact. It looks like maybe last year he fixed something with the stolen bases because I know that was a huge thing. Um, he was most up- most Mets pitchers, if you remember, had that issue. Yeah, so he guard. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, he uh, he only gave up nine last year. Um, so maybe he just ran hot or something, but only two caught stealing. So. Um, people aren't attempting like it's not just a free base off him anymore and I think that was kind of the case with like you said a bunch of the Mets guys um, so that's encouraging uh, 7300 it's not a great lineup to pick on you got a couple of really low strikeout guys in uh, Todd Kendrick and Kurt Suzuki as well um, Soto has been back for a few days now like it's just not a great match with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If he's going to be completely unowned compared to some of the, the chalkier options that we'll talk about in this range, then yeah, I think you can get to a little bit of mats. He's at 5% right now, and he, he saves you $1,300 off of Kyle Gibson, who's going to be six or seven times the ownership. So in that sense, I think he's probably at least in play with a 4.4 implied total against. Um, definitely not one of my favorite guys uh, right now, though. No, but I think you're right to, to, like, to definitely point out the ownership here. Uh, it's a pretty big discrepancy between a lot of these other guys. But I tell you one thing, you're right. The, the stolen bases seem to be something he's fixed. The home runs have not. He's already allowed five home runs and 52 batters faced to, to all right-handed hitters. Uh, that to me is concerning. A 320 ISO really early, like 3.75 home runs per nine. Again, it's very early. It's only three starts. But this is something I really would have liked to have seen match fixed. But he hasn't because he doesn't get enough ground balls. He gives up a ton of hard contact. Uh, and here he is sitting there with five long balls allowed and just around 50 batters faced. That concerns me. There's um, there's no doubt about it. So I, I, let me let me throw this to you. I, I I'm with you that he could be a good low owned option that I wouldn't go heavy on. I don't I don't think you ever want to just load up on on Stephen Matz against a good disciplined uh, Washington team with seven righties. But on the other side of this, knowing that he has been someone that has homer problems those homer problems are exasperated this season as well with five allowed already 
facing Washington last time, Boston and Atlanta, multiple home runs allowed in each of his last two starts. Do you have any interest in the Washington Nationals today who right now are, are garnering right around the middle of the pack in ownership? Yeah, they're, I mean, there's specific bats. I mentioned uh, Kendrick and Suzuki. I kind of like as uh, additions to a stack. So if you want to play Soto lefty lefty for 5K, that's not going to be a very uh, popular option. Um, and you get to play one of the better hitters in a stack. And we know like with the stack, you're, you're playing against the starting pitcher, but you're hoping they get knocked out early anyways. And then maybe the other hand, uh, another handed pitcher comes in. So I, I like the idea of playing Soto. If you are going to this national stack, they're a little bit overowned, but it's, it's nothing where like they're just good values and they're not that good of uh, raw point plays and everyone's just hammering them in. Um, they're still, like you said, middle of the pack, decent value uh, guy in Nats that gives up home runs. So, yeah, I can see myself getting to some Nats on the other side as well. Okay. Um, thoughts on Mets bats before we move on? Uh, I mean, it's a decent sized slate. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to target uh, Corbin here. He seems to be kind of uh, in a tier of his own as far as uh, pitchers go today. Um, like in terms of real life. So not really looking to stack up against him or, or really one off against him either. All right. Yeah. And just to add, when it comes to the Washington bats, I do think it's nice to look towards guys that do have that power uh, because that is, we said it, but that is, that is Matt's primary weakness. And uh, if, if he's not allowing as many, I still like speed guys against him. I, I refuse to believe that he's completely yeah. solved all of those problems. It's a huge improvement from 2018, no doubt. But but I, I'm not there yet that, you know, just overnight he has become someone that you can't run on. So speed okay. guys and power guys, that's usually what you're looking for anyway. But I think it's even more important in a matchup with Mats, who's actually a pretty good pitcher, uh, that you try and lock into those guys. Let's talk about Tampa Bay and Boston. Ryan Yarbrough is uh, towing the rubber for Tampa Bay today. Colton Brewer the probable opener. Have you seen who the, the long guy is supposed to be yet for Boston? Uh, I haven't. Do we, yeah, we, man, DK doesn't even have anyone listed. So I don't see any. Yeah. I, I see mm-hmm. on DraftKings. I saw that they had Colton Brewer uh, as, as the probable star uh, opener, but that's about it. So uh, I think we're going to have to wait on that. We didn't have a line on that game for uh, actually, yeah, for a while, but the Rays here here's here's one thing. The Rays have a five point two run total, four point four for the Boston Red Sox. So uh whoever's out there, Vegas has the the Tampa Bay Rays almost a full run higher today against the Sox in Boston. Yeah, and outside of Meadows, they're super cheap. Uh so this usually happens with the cheaper teams. They get a little bit more popular maybe than they should be, but like uh, three, four, five, Diaz, Choi, and Yoshi, uh, all mid threes on DraftKings with a large total. Um, it'll depend if, like, who who actually ends up being the um, the guy that comes in after Brewer. Um, that might change some things, but apparently Vegas isn't too worried about that with this big total in Fenway. It's really hot there. It's eighty five, and uh, looks like humid as well, which is. Um, which is also going to help 
the ball fly out of there. Hopefully if you're stacking up the rays. Um, yeah, I like Tampa. Uh, maybe not as much as the field right now, but looking at where I got to them, to my exposures, um, they're probably like my third or fourth highest owned stack right now. Okay. Yeah. Right now coming in with the second highest ownership in our top stack tool. I, I do think that makes sense. Uh, the biggest factor here is just that they're not very expensive. Uh, Meadows and then Brandon Lau, you have two guys that are going to, you're going to pay a little bit for, and then the salaries fall off a clip of the projected lineup. There isn't a single uh, hitter under third or above 3,600 from the three through nine, at least for what we're projecting, which is, uh, well, obviously very appealing and it makes it way easier to actually pay for the two guys up top, assuming you would want them in your lineup. I'm not sure why you wouldn't. Uh, just want to throw something out here. We had we just had a message from somebody in chat. Uh, T. McBee said, Brewer said yesterday he's prepping for the bulk roll today. So he might see three innings as a non-traditional opener uh, into a regular bullpen game. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Uh I still haven't seen anything in terms of relief afterwards and it's worth paying attention to, but yeah, if he goes, I, I don't, the truth is I don't even know what bulk roll means anymore. Jay, like yeah. does bulk roll mean he gets through the lineup once? Does it mean he goes four innings? Cause that's not even an opener. Uh, I'm not even sure. So it looks like, yeah, maybe they're just going with a, bullpen game like you get an inning here couple, one guy gets a couple innings mm-hmm. and they just kind of try to piece together a nine inning uh, bullpen game so bulk yeah three innings maybe four probably not someone you can consider though um, they're just better options for a little bit more expensive than Brewer I know he's basically min salary but yeah, not, not interested and triple A we could go back to uh, 48 innings at AAA in 2018 because last year he was all over the map. He threw a little bit for the Padres up in, in, in the major leagues and then uh, 54 innings for the Red Sox. He um, didn't start any games, made 58 pe- appearances in relief. He was out of the bullpen to, to average less than a strikeout per inning, 20% K rate. Those numbers are not going to do much for you, especially in a starter role. Uh, where you likely see them come back down. Uh, and in the appearances he's made this year, so when we, so he's gone 29 pitches, 44, 31, 19, and 12. He did throw two and two-third innings on the 28th uh, against the Mets, but his last two appearances have been 19 and 12. So, you know, I, I, I can't imagine. It's very tough for me to believe even whether or not he's been prepping for this, it's tough for me to believe that Brewer goes more than like 40, 50 pitches. Yeah, no, no thanks there. I mean, I'm always looking to play some min salary pitchers and load up on bats, especially in a course slate. But I think your, your upside is just so capped that it's hard to imagine him even getting to double digits if things go really well. Do you have any interest in, uh, in Boston bats against Yarbrough, who's really not a bad lefty at all? I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, I mean, J.D., but J.D. Yeah. against a lefty. That's uh, about as uh, as good of a play as you can get, especially a lefty that doesn't strike out a ton of hitters. Um, so just him, man, this Red Sox lineup, it is so much different than what they've been the last few years. I I look like the couple times that I've had shows so far, 
Um, just not very oppressive outside of Devers and, <laughs> really and Bogarts. It's the middle, it's the you know, two, three, four spots, and then it really it falls off a lot. You remember early, like real early in the season, everyone was clamoring to get on some of these cheaper bats like Michael Chavez and and uh to to a large extent, what you're seeing is uh, that appeal has has largely worn off. And even man, have, have you looked at? Have you actually looked at how some of these guys are, are producing this season? I'm talking about some of the bigger name bats like like Martinez and Benintendi. It's very early, granted, and every game means a whole lot more. But it's they have they have really struggled collectively as a team to to do anything of note. Yeah. Uh, again, like I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't paid too much attention to MLB so far, um, but I just figured like Boston would be a pretty decent team, like have a decent lineup even without bets there, um, because they were one of the deeper teams for a few years when they did have them. Um, but you know, maybe it's just Chavis and Vasquez don't look good. Um, yeah, it just makes this lineup look way more watered down. And I don't even see. Ben Intendi isn't expected to play tonight, it looks like. Is I don't see him in the projected yeah. I don't yeah. see him in the projected lineup either. I mean he could, but right. yeah, they they've they've really struck like JD Martinez on the season, again, only fifty-six plate appearances, not a single home run though. Um he, he's just largely struggled uh, across the board, struck out fifteen times in fifty-six at bats. So, you know, it's it's not gone well for them, but if, if I could say one thing is that they have they have been good against lefties, uh, nearly a 200 collective ISO against lefties this season. Yarbrough, obviously a southpaw pitcher, so it, it's it's not the craziest idea to have some interest there. But ultimately, I think Yarbrough is a pretty good pitcher, and Vegas tells a story here too. Jake, 4.4 run implied total for Boston. That's not very high. Last year in this spot, it would have been like 5.3 for the yeah. Red Sox. Yeah, that was the first thing that made me like, all right, who's starting for this Boston team? Yeah. Who's expected to play? Four, not even four and a half runs in uh, in Fenway against the lefty. Like that never happens unless the lefty is like a guy like Corbin or you know one of the better guys, Snell, someone like that. But yeah, this minuscule total says a lot about this lineup. All right, Minnesota, Milwaukee. You've got Adrian Hauser, Randy Dobnik on the mound. Uh, Adrian Hauser's been good. If, if you dive a little bit deeper into his numbers, though, you're gonna you're gonna find out that not exactly one of the higher upside pitchers that, that you can consistently rely on uh, to give you strong strikeout numbers. He's done a good job in in a number of areas this season, uh, particularly against right-handed bats. And last year you saw something pretty similar. Actually, if you were to pull up uh, Adrian Hauser and look at his expected WOBA uh, since the beginning of last year, he's got an ex-WOBA of 271 against righties, which is very good, but a swinging strike rate below 10%. Uh, and then against lefties, he's got a 309 ex-WOBA, which is right around league average. That's manageable. 11% swinging strike rate. Uh, so he's not a bad pitcher. And I, I think he's I think he's proven that to us, but he is also getting up there in price now. And not only that, Adrian Hauser has a, a pretty daunting task going up against the uh, Minnesota Twins. But here's another one that surprised me a little bit. I'm sure you saw it, Jake. 
4.2 implied total for the Twins, 4.4 for the Milwaukee Brewers. I did think this one would be higher. I'm surprised the Brewers aren't way higher against Dominic. Like, I can't believe guys don't just light him up every start. Um, they always talk about it in the Twins broadcast. Um, like, he was an Uber driver at this time last year. Not that, Nothing against Uber drivers, but then he's pitching in the majors, and, like, <laughs> he's going four, five, six innings every start. And he, like, you know, easy for me to say from my couch, but, yeah, I can't believe guys aren't, aren't hitting him more. Look, um, you're not offending Uber drivers. It's just strange that you're <laughs> driving an Uber one day and the next day you're going seven innings at a, at a major league level. Yeah, you know, they just like ins- got this guy insane. out of nowhere. Yeah, so um, credit to him. I mean, 7,500 on DK, I would have never thought he, he would get there. Um, but yeah, really, really low total here for the Brewers. Um, you know, I'm interested in the Twins bats just because, they're well, they're stacked, number one. They hit a ton of home runs they don't strike out that much. Like there's guys that strike out the like Cruz and Sano against righties and Garver will strike out against righties and Buxton just, um, you know, you could do a lot worse as uh, than Buxton as your ninth hitter, but he's still not great. So I think Hauser will be able to get some strikeouts here. Probably not worth the 8,400 doesn't go super deep into games. And then I'm looking at the kind of his splits. So he strikes out 25% of righties, 25% of lefties, but, um, the whip is really concerning against lefties. He's under one against righties going back to start of last season. He's at 1.54 against lefties, 40% hard contact against lefties. Um, and so like starting with Kepler, Rosario, Polanco, and then Arias who never strikes out. Um, I can see this one getting away from him. So despite the low twins total, I think they're going to be, uh, a pretty low owned stack. It looks like um, I, I really like them pretty much whenever they're low owned. And right now they're actually our most under owned stack. Yeah. So much power in that lineup. I'm with you. I still can't get past the, the Randy Dobnik stuff that like, he has a 68% ground ball rate this year. Uh, I, I think, I think he might be getting a little bit lucky. His, his strand rate is 92.3%. Oh. Uh, batters have a, 205 Babbitt against him. He hasn't allowed a home run in 15 innings. Uh, he's striking out 14% of batters and walking 7%. Uh, I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but regression may be on the horizon. Does does that – okay, so you like the Twins. They're not getting a, a, a ton of uh, attention at all right now. Actually, virtually no attention for the Twins. Much higher top stack probability than their ownership, as you mentioned. What about Milwaukee before we move on? Is there anything here uh, against the, the the Lyft driver? Sorry, Uber driver? Yeah, Uber, Uber. Uh, <laughs> or at least that's what they said. Maybe he does both. You know, some people do both. They got they got two stickers and three stickers. They, 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 they bust their ass. I, I've had Uber drivers where they're out like 70 hours a week. Yeah. Switching off between Lyft and Uber, picking up who's ever there. They got crushed with this coronavirus. Though. I know. It's too bad. So hopefully they can get it picked back up here. Or just become a professional time. pitcher, you know? I mean, Yeah. There's always that option. Yeah. You can yeah. just go play for the Twins. They're, they're always <laughs> looking for some innings eaters. Um, At least could use somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, like a pitcher like that, a guy with a 14% K rate, who is definitely, he's getting a little bit lucky and like, he looks like he should get hit all the time. Um, 
I guess, oh, you got Sogard and Arise in the same game, two guys that are the worst to face. Um, but yeah, like these guys are going to make contact against Dominic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you've got, you know, Yelich at 5,300. Everyone knows what he's capable of, but I like Keston Giro for 4,800. And then you've got some guys with some power towards the middle and, and the end of this lineup and smoke Garcia, Logan Morrison's 3,100, just kind of a pretty good value there. Um, so actually for an eight and a half total game, I actually like that's on both sides. I'm talking myself into some brewers as well. I'm with you. Dominic's zone contact rate is 93%. Like, that's just nuts. Not too much deception. The, the good old Randy Dominic. Have you no, seen how his not, looks do? I mean, his that? looks alone uh, warrant the $7,500 price. This guy's got one of the best mustaches I've ever seen. Yeah, that's intense. And it's super lopsided. <laughs> so lopsided. Unless his head's tilted. He's got one side of the handlebar mustache coming down a good three quarter inches lower than the other side. Just go. Right, do you have DraftKings pulled up by any chance? Uh, yes, I do. Here we All go. right, go click on his click on his his uh, card and just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's down way further than the other side. I didn't tell him before he was getting his picture <laughs> taken. Like quick, quick razor. You know, just yeah, Randy, touch that up a little bit. In. Yeah. That's crazy. But, yeah, I, I can see why people would like him. Just, by the way, before we move on, I, I know we're going a little bit slow here. Just to put things into perspective, take somebody like Aaron Nola, who his his swinging strike rate this year, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's insane. It's like 18%, Jay, uh, which is nuts for him. But just, if you put it in perspective, his zone contact rate is 77.8%. Overall contact rate is 64%. Now, I don't think either of those are sustainable. They'll come back. But just on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you got Dobnik at 93% and 81%. So uh, when you talk about liking bats from this game, one rule of thumb in baseball is, and, and I know he is getting. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting a lot of ground balls, but one rule of thumb is if somebody's giving up this much contact, good things can happen. It's baseball. Put the ball in play for the batters. Better things can happen for them than the pitchers. So uh, I, I'm with you on that one. You want to move on? Let's do it. All right, Colorado, Arizona. You had already discussed some of the high prices here, at least alluded to them earlier. John Gray, Robbie Ray, two guys I love and just continuously let me down. I, I, I am shocked by the projected Robbie Ray ownership. I feel like that has to come down. Maybe it won't. I don't know. On DraftKings, we've got him projected – really high. <sighs> Listen, he has good stuff. He even apparently changes mechanics heading into the season. And and like last start, for example, against Houston, right? That I, I tweeted about it. That was a miserable start for him. There's and I'm sorry, miserable matchup. Houston never walks or never strikes out against lefties. They always walk highest walk rate, lowest K rate last, since the beginning of last year. Uh, it, it, cheaters are not. 
right? Like they have really talented bats from the right side of the plate. They will beat the shit out of left-handed pitching. And that's what they did to Robbie Ray. The interesting thing is he still gets a lot of strikeouts, Jake. It's just at what cost. And when you come into the altitude in Colorado, one of the biggest concerns you have is depending on what's in your arsenal, you're going to have to fine tune that to not get beat up uh, where balls don't break as much as they would elsewhere. Fortunately for Ray, and I'll, I'll turn this over to you, he does throw his slider 38 this year, 38% of the time. It's the most he's ever thrown it in his career. Uh, and 36% of the time against righties with a whiff rate of, uh, I lost it, a whiff rate of 19% almost. He gets a lot of whiffs against righties. Can he come out of this matchup you know, utilizing a heavy slider usage without getting crushed? Or is this ownership on Robbie Ray preposterous? Yeah, at first I was like, there's no way I'm getting to, to that ownership on Ray. Um, but I actually, like I ran my 150, like I would run it if Locke was in 10 minutes. And I got to 26% of Ray. Um, talk about like the physics of it. Yeah, slider isn't the worst thing to throw in Coors because it can move uh, even more and you're not going to lose speed on it. Um, whereas like a curveball, it's just going to hang more uh, and that can get you into to issues against guys like uh, Story and Arenado. So yeah, those guys are awesome plays. Like Colorado bats are great plays, um, but everybody knows that. And it looks like everybody's kind of in on playing some pitchers in Coors um, these last couple of seasons when they're cheap and they, they get a lot of strikeouts because um, in a one game sample, uh, yeah, Ray could strike out 10 batters here. And oftentimes it's not the case with any $6,300 pitcher. So I don't like, I don't mind the ownership. I don't think at that ownership, even if it's at like 20%, I'm going to make a major stand on Ray. Um, it just seems like a really, uh, a really large gap of, uh, uh, probabilities for Ray and then the Colorado bats here. So for baseball, high variance sport, like I think you have to have exposure on both sides. Um, if you play a kind of a diversified uh, approach to your lineups. And a lot of this is because they're so expensive, but Colorado bats at the current time, it's still early. We will get updates. Colorado bats are going under owned right now. Yeah. Uh, they're so that, expensive. My that's God. really appealing, right? Like they're just, so this is why the Tigers were were popular. Yeah. I'm looking at some of my lineups here. And if you don't go to a couple of Tigers bats with your five-man Colorado stack, uh, you're really dumpster diving. Like you can play some Mariners or maybe some San Francisco Giants. But yeah, that, so this is the reason why. And it's, it's the Coors bats, specifically the, the Colorado side. So um Maybe they're just, so expensive. <laughs> yeah, maybe you Arenado, just out of sixty three hundred dollars. So nuts! Like, are they pricing guys like that? I haven't played every day. Um, uh, they, this is this is unique. In, in like, I remember once where Tulowitzki was seven k. Seven k. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was like when I first started playing. It was like this is this is impossible. But generally speaking, usually it's like the the high 5k range like Arenado 59 story 58 Blackman 5600 
it, it's definitely possible that you see these guys get up there. But just just to reference what we've seen from Arenado all season long, this is the first time he has eclipsed six thousand dollars. Fifty nine hundred is the most he's been. Uh, Trevor Story sixty one hundred dollars on DraftKings. This is the well, he was sixty one hundred last game, but uh, he, that's the highest he's been. So. Uh, there, it looks like these guys are at the top of their of their salary right uh, range right now. Yeah, and uh, it makes sense against the lefty and Coors to have Story and Arenado be this price, but also like those should be guys you should be trying to jam in because even if Ray has a good start, he's probably given up a home run or two in Coors more often than not. Um, yeah. Those are your best candidates to to do that. All right, uh, John Gray has struggled. And he is, well, $7,000 on DraftKings. I, I'm a, I really like John Gray, and I, I guess it's time for me to give up on him. I don't want to, but I feel like that time is, is near. He's struck out three or fewer batters in all three games. Granted, one was in Texas, but the Rangers have stunk this year. That lineup is, is pretty putrid, uh, and the Rangers stadium isn't the same as it was before. Then two of them came at home, but against San Diego and the San Francisco Giants, like he has not exactly had uh, juggernauts every five days that he's got to go up against. And, you know, if you pull up some of John Gray's numbers from this season, it's still very early, understandably so. So, you know, keep that in mind. But his swinging strike rate, 7%. Called plus swinging strike rate is 25.9%. Uh, he's striking same-handed bat. He's faced 25 batters. He's uh, righties. He struck 12% of them out, uh, and 9.8% of lefties he struck out in 41 batters faced. That is a a massive concern, no matter where you're pitching. Yeah, we've always loved Gray because of the strikeouts, um, and you know the missed bats. And yeah, he played in Coors, but he would never be owned, and he would still be okay in a lot of his Coors starts. Um, you mentioned the like kind of underlying stuff, but uh, big total against the five, five and a half runs. And then the Diamondbacks aren't striking out as much as I would have thought. They're at uh, the third lowest rate against righties for the season, just 20.4%. Their WRC plus kind of stinks. They're at 80, but if you're not going to be getting strikeouts from, uh, from John Gray, uh, maybe he's just not the same guy. So what we've seen in previous seasons, um, I'm more looking at the Arizona bats, but they're cheap and they're in Coors. So like they're just going to be popular. That's just going to be the way it goes. Man, John Gray's velocity is down about two miles per hour. Slider usage is down. He's throwing that change up a lot. Uh, trying to see what the hell is going on with him. Ch- change ups getting smoked. Sliders getting smoked. Uh, his whiff rate on the slider this year is – 15% down almost 8% from last season. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with him. This is something I'd like to look into a little bit more. And I will be on live before lock tonight with Adam share. So that's something we can, we can discuss more, but man, it, it, it looks ugly for John Gray right now. I'm staying away from that. Uh, if, if you already talked about, it, I was researching John Gray here. So forgive me and, and we can move on. But did you talk about target or did you talk about uh Diamondback stack yet, or did you just talk about Gray? Uh, I mean, I kind of just mentioned Diamondback stack. I don't know if there's anything overly interesting to, to say about them. Um, you know, maybe Calhoun looks like a decent option at 4,100. 
But I, I just mentioned that Arizona is cheap. Uh, they're the road team. They're going into Coors, five and a half run total. Um, really good value, uh, but that's going to come with quite a bit of ownership. They're right now our highest on uh, How can they be so cheap? I don't know. I I always think I have the DK algorithm figured out, um, and I just never do. So yeah, like the Giants were fifty eight hundred. You know, yeah. like Yastrzemski and and a few of these other guys were up close to six K. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Arizona is getting ownership, but I don't think it's an excessive amount of ownership either. Thirteen percent is really not crazy. Uh, especially given John Gray's tr- troubles. So uh, I, I like that. That's just, they're just too cheap. I mean, if you can get a Coors stack in, I, I'm I'm not exactly sure what the the disincentive would be to get, uh, or the incentive to get away from that would be when they're this cheap. By the way, wind's blowing out to left center at 13 miles per hour, 91 degrees at first pitch and Coors. Just throwing that out there for you guys. Yeah, Pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. And sure, the Diamondbacks don't have a six run total, but it's at 5.4 and John Gray's putting everything in play. So, uh, yes, please. I have some interest in that. Uh, Last thing I'll say about this, John Gray's getting ground balls, but he's also giving up an excessive amount of hard contact. So uh, I think that ownership might even be too low on Arizona. Let's keep it moving here. Before we do, hit that thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet, it really does help us out greatly uh, to combat this YouTube algorithm here. It helps us get exposure out there and and, and get new faces to the channel. If you are new, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, Subscribe, hit that notification bell if you haven't done so yet so you always know when new content is going to drop. And if you haven't checked out awesomeo.com, that's where we come from. And that's where we've got the best projections, ownership tools that you can find, uh, the preeminent DFS content out there because it's developed and used every day by the number one DFS player in the world, Alex Baker, number one ranked player, Awesomeo himself. He actually uses these tools. He actually builds them himself. We don't just slap his name on them like other sites do. It's the real deal. They're his tools and they're fantastic. Also, all of our premium content from articles to the lineup builder, uh, Every sport, Jake kills it with NHL, uh, MLB, NBA, NFL coming up. We've got a new fantasy football product, seasonal fantasy football product, which is really awesome. Data-driven, analytically-driven fantasy football rankings and projections uh, and and boom and bust tools, so much more. All of this also by Alex. I, I put a ton of articles out there and did a lot of work on these tools to help develop everything, an awesome strength of schedule tool. Uh, But the big thing about this is where the fantasy football community is just completely consumed with groupthink, there's none of that here. It's completely data-driven. And it's $29.95. It it includes everything, rankings, projections, sleeper tools, uh, all of the content from our experts, a ton of articles, uh, and the draft wingman, which will update team projections in real time based on who you've already drafted. So, uh, oh, and you get uh, $35 free to FFPC, right? So where you can actually play uh, draft money leagues. It's a great site, $35 in credit. So essentially you sign up for this, you're technically getting $6 free. So you're, you're getting $6 to pay or to sign up for the, uh, for the content here. If you're a DFS fan though, go to awesome.com slash join, check out everything we have to offer. Uh, I'm pretty certain you'll like it. Check out all the testimonials and screenshots as well before you do. And the last thing before we move on, 
you scroll to the bottom of awesomemode.com slash join, you can check out all of the uh, tutorials we have on our most popular and best tools before you dive in. So check that out, awesomemode.com slash join, and check out that fantasy football product as well. Uh, it's a huge win-win, $29.95, but then you immediately get $35 in credit at FFPC to get in there and win some money over there for the 2020 season. All right, Jake, let's keep it moving. Texas and Seattle. I don't think we need to talk anymore about the Colorado offense. We, we think we, we beat that one uh, good enough. Texas and Seattle, Kyle Gibson, Justin Dunn. I'm a huge Kyle Gibson truther for sure. And I actually don't hate what I've seen from him this year. His first start, three runs and an error in the first inning. He was a bit sloppy, but gave up no earned and then shut him down for the rest of that game. Too many base runners, but still nine strikeouts last time out. Tough Oakland team. They put up three runs, a couple home runs, but nine Ks and six innings. Now you've got the easiest matchup he'll face yet with the Seattle Mariners, but it isn't going unnoticed. Kyle Gibson certainly getting ownership across the board. Yeah, Gibson popular, um, but I think for good reason. You look at where the Mariners are at and strikeout rate twenty five percent, WRC plus well below a hundred against righties this season. Um, just for like point like uh, price per strikeout, I think Gibson's one of your better options. So, like, yeah, just. Um, the only thing I'm worried about with Gibson is just um, am I playing too popular of a total lineup with him? He looks like one of the better options. He can go pretty deep, um, strong favorite. He's got everything you're looking at. Just maybe he's owned a little bit too high, uh, but a high-owned pitcher isn't necessarily the end of the world. And you've got a bunch of teams we already mentioned that we like their bats, a bunch of low-owned teams that we like their bats. So I think I'm going to be able to get different enough with Gibson that um, I'll just, I'm happy with whatever Gibson I get. Yeah. I like him a lot, obviously, but no, I, I think he's, he's priced reasonably. It's not, it's not insane against uh, Seattle. Uh, the numbers bear that out. And there's actually upside with Gibson, which is really what I care about. I know his swinging strike rate hasn't been great, but he's getting a ton of called strikes to start the season off, which is important to me. Uh, when you start missing bats and getting those called strikes worked in there, you're going to start to see great results. 64% ground ball rate. His XFIP right now is 296. It's very early in the year, but just kind of to to get the, drive the point home that Kyle Gibson has, through his first two starts, he's pitched well, and he's gotten a little bit unlucky as well uh, outside of those two home runs, which, you know, aren't luck at all. But 3.7 implied total for the Mariners, one of the lowest on the slate. Uh, Gibson definitely one of my favorite pitchers here. What do you what do you make of Seattle with Justin Dunn here going up against a Rangers team that has been uh, wildly underproductive? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I got to any Justin Dunn. I actually did. I got to about half, uh, double the field. Now ownership is going to change by the time he gets a lock. Maybe he creeps up there a little bit um, as people get more enamored with the Coors bats and such. Um, but you can just like you can rack up strikeouts against this Rangers team. Maybe Dunn isn't a phenomenal strikeout pitcher or anything like that, uh, but he's just cheap. And I think he's pretty stretched out too. So I just used the uh, projections on the site and I got to a decent amount of him. It looks like in the top pitcher tool as well, he's getting basically no love, but he's got a really good chance of being a, a top two value. So that's something I, I add in to try to filter out uh, filter in, filter out some of these lineups that are going to be um, 
more popular and it looks like he's just getting no love at all. And so I'm getting to a little bit of done here. Okay. Yeah. And both of his first, both of his matchups came against the, uh, the angels who haven't been stellar, but also don't strike out at a particularly high clip. The Rangers aren't striking out a ton this year, but I do expect that. And I know, I know that, that strikeouts are something that you'll see. They'll, they'll, they come into focus a lot quicker than other stats, but I, I can't help but look at this Rangers team and, and, and be very, very underwhelmed by them. Uh, 266 weighted on base average, 62 WRC plus and 306 plate appearances against righties this year. 62. That's Yeah, that's miserable. That is really, really bad. So – is it crazy to think that Justin Dunn, who threw 76 pitches last time out, uh, can, you know, put up somewhat decent numbers? No, I don't I don't think it is. He, he's, he needs to limit the walks for sure. That has been a big issue for him. And uh, his whip is is through the through the ceiling. But, you know, against Texas, it's it's not crazy. If, if you're forced to go super cheap, I, I would definitely rather go there than like Colton Brewer. Or Logan Webb, I can tell you yeah. that much. But. Yeah. So that, those are the other names that I was just looking at. Like maybe as kind of a pivot to Ray, you get an extra uh, really good upgrade, twelve hundred dollar difference, um, as well as the the ownership uh, difference, which is about like Don is one fifth of the ownership basically of Ray right now. So I really don't have a ton of interest in bats here. Uh, Joey Gallo, though, batting in the middle of this order is is always worth considering. You know, just platoon advantage against Dunn, that to me is is appealing. Gallo's already, you know, a four four home runs on, on the young season. He's one of the best power bats in the league, maybe the best power bat in the league when it comes to just raw home run hitting power. Uh, not super stoked about a stack for Texas here. They've just really struggled and – I think a lot of that is because they aren't particularly talented, but Don has allowed three home runs already through his first seven innings. And man, it, Joey Gallo has got to be licking his chops coming into a spot like this. Yeah. So Gallo is probably going to homer, but outside of that, I don't think the Rangers are going to be a staple in my lineups tonight. Now me neither. I, Chu and, 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 and Rodin Odor, the, the top of this lineup isn't horrible. I, if, if Dunn continues to struggle with power, then, you know, I can get behind that, but there's no doubt that, that Gallo is is my favorite option here. Just before we move on, I wanted to see what the – yeah, so Dunn at, at the minor league level didn't really allow much power, but uh, when you don't strike a ton of guys out, a lot of times that will come with the territory. Anything else on this game? I think I'm good there. All right, Houston, San Francisco, three to go, six down. Lance McCullers, Logan Webb. Dude, Lance McCullers, Jake, I swear he was tipping his pitches last time out. I've never seen, and I've watched a lot of Lance McCullers starts because I'm a fan. I have never seen his, 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 um, his knuckle curve, which has been his go-to pitch. That is his signature pitch. I never seen it get hit that bad. Absolutely lit up in that last start. Um, and, and, and when you look at his numbers, like, his velocity was was perfectly fine. He threw that – just pulling this game up on Brooks Baseball. He threw that that knuckle curve almost 30% of the time, which is, you know, 
way less than he's thrown it in years past. His his curveball usage is way down. His sinker usage is up. His changeup usage is way up. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks in that game hit his curveball for a I, I don't a twelve hundred ISO. <laughs> what a twelve hundred. I don't even know how that makes sense, but there it is. Like it got absolutely hammered, hammered. And I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. I mean, if it's tipping his pitches, that's something you can fix. So maybe I'm assuming though, I, I could be wrong, but he went through the, he went through the lineup perfectly through the first time and then huh. gave up eight runs in the, in the fifth or fourth inning. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think I'm more apt to just say that that's a bad start and maybe he can rebound here against the Giants. Um, 8,200 for a guy that he has great stuff. Like you said, it just seemed way too cheap for me to, for me to pass on McCullers here. Um, he should be decently stretched out. He got to the sixth inning in this first game and he's had two, one bad start and one really bad start in a row. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to go back to the well here with McCullers. Um, not too scared about these Giants bats. <clears throat> and he's just, if, if he's not tipping his pitches or if he's not hurt, like that, that's way too cheap for him, I think. Yeah, it is. I'm a little worried, probably a little bit more than you, because he's coming back from a, a hiatus of, of a full calendar year. But, ah. <clears throat> <sighs> Yeah, it's scary. Not the, the game logs don't look too uh, appealing here for McCullough. Yeah, and it, it's not even just the game logs, though. It's more so that he's throwing the knuckle curve way less than he ever did before, and it's getting hit way harder than it ever did before. So I'm just, you know, just running through my head of, okay, did, did, did something going on that we don't know about that, you know, this, this pitch doesn't – that he doesn't feel as comfortable with this pitch now as he used to? I don't know, but I, I guess going back to the well with McCullers isn't the worst idea. They have a 3.7 total for the Giants. I get what you're saying. I really do. Uh, he didn't want to make excuses last game, but he talked about them opening up the roof in Arizona. I don't know, Jake. It, it's, it's strange to me. I'll say this much, though. I think this is a start where we should be paying attention because if he gets lit up again or just has another really rocky start, we're going to have to start you know, digging a little bit deeper into Lance McCullers to see if something's really wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's always like walked a bunch of guys too, and he didn't even walk anyone last start. Uh, so no. just a really weird situation. I, I'm hoping for, for my lineups and for the people that are playing uh, McCullers, because there's going to be a lot of them tonight. I think people will talk themselves into him uh, and he might end up being the most popular pitcher. Um, so then there, there's more of a conversation for me as far as, all right, do I get to actually where the field's at on him? Um but yeah, it's 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 a little bit concerning, and, and you're uh, you're bringing up some good points here. It's yeah, just does really just absolute observations that could be completely off. You know, uh, it probably worth looking into his his uh, his movement on some of these pitches as well. But the last thing I'll say about him, and this is the one thing I just kind of don't understand, his curveball usage from in 2016, 17, and 18 was just shy of 15% or 50%, that knuckle curve. He threw his knuckle curve more than anyone else in the league. 
Uh, a couple of years it was top three, but there was a year or two there where it was more than anyone in terms of frequency in the league. His changeup was seldom used, 7%, 11%, 15%. This year, his curveball uses 32%. His changeup uses his 28%, and his sinker uses it up as well. So I don't know. We'll see. What about Logan Webb on the other side? Houston's got a pretty high total here. No, I'm good. Uh, I'll, I'll play Dunn or someone else or get up to Ray. I don't see it much, much of a reason here to play Logan Webb. Um, the Astros, like, you know, they're cheaters or whatever, but they still have good players. I know they're not playing well right now. I know Altuve, I don't know what's going on with him. He had four errors the other day, um, which doesn't really matter for DFS, but, uh, I'm, I'm guessing these guys are still going to be solid, like quality hitters once they settle down and the 5.8 total, uh, makes me just completely off of web here. What do you feel about Houston? They're so they look like a pretty good pivot off of uh, Colorado. Like if they start creeping up the ownership projections, um, like you can't really play them together. So it's kind of one or the other Houston or Colorado um, based on these expensive prices for Altuve and Bregman, especially, but even their secondary guys are, are kind of expensive one through six. Like, I don't know. I like the idea of it, but right now they're not even that under owned. So, yeah, I was definitely surprised. like Colorado more. What's that? I was a little surprised that their ownership was up there. I thought it'd be lower on a slate like this with Coors Field and some other good spots. And like people think they're broken. So, I got to. Because they can't cheat anymore? <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yeah. that's like, what do we do with that? I mean, does everybody just take a dive on their team in terms of like the player that, that we expect them to be, or I don't know. It's hard to say. Dude, it's, it is really, yes. It's, it's very difficult to try and quantify any of that for sure. Uh, All right. So let me just, so last year at home, the Houston Astros finished let's see here let's see let's see where this shakes out jay uh they were weighted on base average they ranked second behind the rockies by only 0.01 which is crazy given the rockies play at coors field uh wrc plus 136 at home that ranked first by a massive margin uh 233 isolated slugging at home that also ranked first in the league. All right, where do you think they ranked on the road? Do you think they were right around that, or do you think it was a massive drop-off? I want to say it was a pretty big drop-off. All right, so Houston with 344 Woba on the road. That's third best in the league. 211 ISO. It's down. It's not not 233, but still. Uh, Third best in the league. 114 WRC plus was third best in the league. And a lot of times teams just produce better at home anyway. So yeah, it, if it's just me looking at this and their top three and weighted on base average power and WRC plus on the road, I would venture to say that maybe we're overreacting to this whole cheating sure. thing a little bit in terms of overall production. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like looking at the home road splits. Cause the accusation or I guess 
the truth is that they were doing it at home. You can't really do that very well. That's what they were saying, right? I, they weren't, didn't they say it was mostly at home? Yeah. With yeah, the okay. bang and the trash cans. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like Houston bats here. A little bit surprised by the ownership, but uh, Vegas still thinks that they're going to put up a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite team. And, and one of the reasons for that is that you're paying a lot for some of these guys up top, but, and, and I still like Coors a little bit more. Uh, given that the ownership on that is lower than I thought it would be. But uh, no, no problem with Houston. What about the Dodgers and San Diego Padres? We've got two games to go here. Hit that thumbs up while you're in here. If you're just walking in the door, uh, Dustin May, Garrett Richards, Garrett Richards, man, all the talent in the world just never comes to fruition. Can't stay healthy. Uh, he's got knocked around in each of his last two starts. To be fair, one of them came at Coors Field. Another one came against the Dodgers. And now he's going up against the same Dodgers team today because everyone plays the division 40 times in this 60-game abbreviated season. Any interest in pitching today from Dustin May or Garrett Richards? So I think think Richards – let's see. I think they're going with Perdomo now. Uh, Garrett Richards will start on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So they just made that switch while we were – Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, yeah, don't don't play Richards, but you guys – I'll know that. Um, I haven't play taken Perdomo a look at either. it. Yeah, don't don't maybe play Perdomo against a bunch of power lefties. Um, so the Dodgers stack is really appealing. I think uh, I looked into May a little bit. Like he's got good strikeout numbers, but as is the question with a lot of Dodgers pitchers, just how deep can he go? He went 82 pitches last game. If if you're getting to 82, 85, somewhere around there, most starts, I think seventy seven hundred dollars is a is a pretty good price for him. Um, the issue is just that the Padres have been really good against righties, um, not striking out a ton. 124 WRC plus, that is second in the MLB so far. And we're still in some pretty short samples. So this could, you know, they could fall off a cliff. But um, yeah, I I think May is fine. Uh, he is going to be a big favorite and probably a bigger favorite now that Perdomo is pitching instead of Richards. Um, but I, I think I like, uh, I think I like getting to Gibson and getting more in that range or dropping down to Ray um, or getting to the colors rather than may 3.6 run total for the San Diego Padres today. Kind of interesting. Uh, not, I don't know, Dustin, I'm looking at the, uh, the Padres and um, well, They've actually done a it's, – it's very early, and I want to keep reinforcing that because I'm looking at 2020 stats now. But uh, they have done a pretty good job of hitting righties. Do you have interest in bats from either side? Uh, like I said, 3.6 run total for the Padres, five runs for the Dodgers in L.A. Yeah, okay, so I don't have those updated totals yet because, yeah, the Dodgers basically getting very little ownership uh, when we first ran top stacks. Um. Yeah, I like them quite a bit. I, guess I still have it at five, by the way. It, up, it, it appears to be updated. Minus 188 money line for the Dodgers. Okay, yeah. I'm seeing like minus 150. So that, that's the pitching change. That's good to know, though. Um, Bellinger at under 5K, I think, against Perdomo. And then people are saying Cal Quantrill is slated to be the long reliever. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I like the Dodgers a ton. Their ownership's going to go up, whether it's by the top stack tool or just by me. 
um, wanting to play the teams with power that are low owned that may not be in the optimal spot, but still a spot where they can succeed. And I think that's one of them here. All right. Yeah. Uh, Perdomo hasn't thrown more than 26 pitches this season in, a, in, a, in an appearance. So I would not expect him to go particularly deep. Let's close it out. L.A. and Oakland. Uh, so you've got Sean Manai and Julio Turan. Julio Turan came in with a lot of ownership and led a lot of people down. I was shocked by how popular he was in his first start, even though it was against Seattle. He went two and two third innings, gave up two runs, uh, two strikeouts, walked two batters, threw only 52 pitches. Now he's got a much more difficult matchup against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, and then Sean Manaya on the other side against L.A. Manaya is another one of those guys that's a good pitcher, uh, but he just doesn't really have that ceiling as far as strikeouts go. Uh, I was looking earlier, you go back to the start of last season with Sean Manaya and, you know, some pretty basic strikeout numbers. His swinging strike rate uh, against lefties and righties is not bad, right? It's around 12 and a half percent, but it it hasn't exactly translated into the strikeout totals that you need uh, from him. He's $8,800 on DraftKings. The Angels have a, a fair amount of quality right-handed bats. I, I can't say I'm in love with pitching here. Uh, and then ownership right now, if you look at our, our ownership tool, you've got uh, Manaya all the way down there around 1%, Tiran at 0.1%. So neither pitcher in this game yeah. is getting much love at all. Yeah, I'm probably passing on these guys for the most part. Um, if, you, if you're looking for a reason to play one, I guess, uh, Manaya is coming up a little bit undervalued in the top pitcher tool. Um, so maybe he gets there just on a raw point basis if he could somehow get to 20 or 21 points and it's a low uh, – a uh, low scoring pitcher slate, which it looks like it's going to be. Maybe he ends up in kind of the winning lineup. Um, Tehran, I'm, I'm good. Oakland is pretty scary. Uh, I guess they don't have a ton of lefty bats. Olsen is the one you're going to want to worry about with Tehran the most, but they just have a lot of quality bats. Luriano probably not going to be in the lineup today. Uh, I'm assuming you, you saw that. Yeah, um, he's a lot of people's favorite player now. Yeah, so um, we've got him in the projected lineup right now. Maybe it gets appealed and he gets you know less than the eight games or whatever precedent they set with uh, Joe Kelly. Um, but yeah, just not a good matchup for Tehran. He's not very good in general. And then Manaya, like a little bit more strikeouts for 8,800. So I don't think this is going to be a game I have a ton of um, in my exposure at all. Yeah. And the angels, the angels park or angel stadium was, was they made some adjustments, brought the wall in a little bit, made it a bit easier to hit home runs, but uh, still just not a great game. All in all, the athletics do have a 5.1 run total though, which I found kind of interesting. Uh, and Julio Tiran has been known to struggle with left-handed power. The, the, the thing here though is, there really aren't projected to be a lot of lefties in this lineup, Jake. You know, like outside of Matt Olson and, and Grossman, maybe Tony Kemp, this is not a, a, an Oakland team that can load it up with lefties. And it's not that they have to, but I do think they'd be more appealing in the event that they could mix more uh, lefty bats into the lineup against Tehran. Yeah, coming up uh, a little bit undervalued as well. Um, Oakland's a really high upside team 
and maybe people will look at it and be like, all right, yeah, Tehran sucks against lefties and see a bunch of righties in the lineup and avoid them completely. But um, they're still a pretty high upside team. I don't know that they're in like Dodgers or Twins category right now, but um, they're kind of in that next year for me where if they're low owned, I'm always at least giving a look at Oakland. Me too. And every time I look at them, they're actually pretty expensive. So they're, they're not Coors priced, but they are definitely priced for that upside, which makes them a little bit harder to get to. And I think that's probably why they have a higher top stack probability uh, than their ownership today. Just given that a lot of these guys come in in that low 5K range, high 4K range, and you know, you're looking to get to them as a pivot until you realize that they're just as expensive or, or more expensive than that stack that that you're getting off of. So, you know, I, I like them, but they definitely don't come cheap. They rarely come cheap. And uh, that's where we land. We've got nine games up, nine games down. Uh, anything else to close this one or the slate out, Jake, before we head out for the day? Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. I just, I think there are quite a few, like if you're looking to get away from the chalk and that will usually pan out, um, in the MLB season, there's some really high upside teams that are going to have low ownership based on what we're showing right now. So, uh, good day to, uh, mix up a couple of your, uh, a couple of your higher own guys, like just don't play the most popular combos. And I think you're going to be, um, good on slates like this where there's not and great pitching anywhere. You'll be back on the NHL strategy show tomorrow, right? Uh, yes, tomorrow. There's no games tonight. Yep. There will be a, a four-game slate tomorrow. So Can't wait, man. 2 p.m. today, PGA DFS first look with Jason, Sal, and Jeff. Uh, NBA Live Before Lock, Chris Baggs, Ryan will come up around, I, I don't know what time that is, right before lock. And then at 5.40, uh, MLB Live Before Lock, Adam Scher and myself will take you up to MLB Lock. Then you got the early bird with Emac and T. McBee waking you up nice and early tomorrow or It'll probably post tonight, and you can check it out before you pass out. A little preview for tomorrow's MLB slate. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll be back with you tomorrow on the MLB Strategy Show and the NBA Strategy Show before it every single day, back-to-back, every day, Monday through Saturday. We'll see you soon.